Today on the podcast, we've got Danny Lair, the CEO of Caffeine and Kilos, the official coffee of USA Weightlifting, badass entrepreneur, and a fascinating story. Today, we're going to learn more about Caffeine and Kilos, the origin story and the brand, and dive a little deeper and learn more about Danny as a founder, athlete, and entrepreneur. Stick around. Welcome to the CrossFit Edwardsville Community Podcast, where we hear and learn from our coaches, CrossFitters, and Glen Ed community leaders. Now, here are your hosts, Dallas and Greg. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the CrossFit Edwardsville Community Podcast, where we get to meet and learn from our CFE coaches, learn a little bit more about our CrossFitters here, and well as occasionally talk with locally owned Glen Ed business owners and some of the characters behind them. I'm your co-host, Dallas Amston with Communicate to Succeed, helping introverted entrepreneurs and others work on their presentation skills so that they can connect powerfully with their audiences and convert more clients. And with me always is my co-host, G. Scal. What's up, everybody? I'm Coach G, the CEO GM at CrossFit Brazil. Today, we're really excited. We get to welcome the co-founder, the CEO of a brand becoming increasingly well-known in a CrossFit space. Today, we have Danny Lair of Caffeine and Kilos. Additionally, Danny is the owner of a gym in California, Excel Health and Fitness, bringing fitness to people. Everybody, please help me in welcoming Danny Lair. Welcome, What's Danny. Up? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, man. Good to have you here. Awesome. We're excited. In case to our audience here, in case you guys did not know, uh, the um, Caffeine and Kilos, the official coffee of USA Weightlifting, a lifestyle brand whose products help you look great, feel amazing everywhere you go, so you feel confident in and out of the gym. Dallas, what are we doing today? Oh my gosh. Well, today we're going to hear a little bit about that. We're going to learn a little bit more about caffeine and kilos, the origin story, the brand, like you said. But we want to first start out like we always do, diving a little deeper and getting to know more about Danny as founder, as athlete, and as entrepreneur. So Danny, I'm going to kick this off and I'm actually going to just uh, change our view here so we can see you little bit more evenly as well, but I want to know a little bit more about the three-hour training, all right? <laughs> so for those for those of you who don't know, three hours a week documentary, such a cool story. Uh, would you mind sharing that story with us as we kind of get to know you a little bit better? Absolutely. So I competed in weightlifting and Olympic-style weightlifting for five or six years, um, from around 2010, I think was my first meet until around 2015. Um, and you know, business was taken off and I have young kids and stuff. And it just kind of my, my days of training uh, as a full-time weightlifter were, were over basically. Right. <laughs> um, cause you know, early on in that time was like nine, nine sessions a week and each session was, you know, two hours. And, right. and then I eventually went to just like five sessions a week, but each session was a little bit longer, but I was able to recover more as I was getting a little bit older. Um, and then, I was just kind of out. I wasn't competing anymore. And then I have a friend who does the the Masters meets, you know, like Masters World Cup or mm -hmm. uh, Masters National Championship. And in weightlifting, Masters starts at 35 years old. Um, pretty young, but the sport's kind of hard on your body. So a lot of people don't do it for very long. Um, so the, the Masters World Cup was in San Diego. I had a friend reach out and say, hey, you know, you should go and do this meet. It's right there in San Diego. You're going to be 35. So you, like, you qualify. And I wasn't really ever planning on doing any master's weightlifting meets. I was, I was kind of just done. Um, but I thought, okay, well, 
you know, just because it's in California doesn't mean it's right there, right? Like uh, San Diego no. is about a 10-hour drive from from, uh, from where I live up by Sacramento. <laughs> oh, it's a short Southwest flight, though. And I was just thinking about it more. And, and I had these goals when I was competing in weightlifting. Uh, I wanted to, you know, place when at first it was like qualify for these national championships and stuff and place top 10 and place top five and then to, to medal. And that last one was the thing I never did, right? Like I competed in a bunch of national level competitions. I placed fifth. I got seventh. I was like right in top 10 lots of times, but I never, never medaled. So I thought, okay, this is an opportunity. If I go there and even though it's not national championships, World Cup, we'll count that. And so if I can go there and medal at that, I kind of get this monkey off my back and we'll see if I care. Maybe I have a great time and do weightlifting meets again, right? Like as I actually do these master's weightlifting meets and kind of travel around the country and around the world and, and doing these things. Um, but with my schedule being what it is now with, um, you know, a couple businesses and the kids and everything, it's like the only possibility is I can only really do like three day a week training yeah. um, and, and only about an hour each time, you know? So that that's what I did. And so I, I follow, uh, I lifted for California strength, the weightlifting team when I was competing. Mm -hmm. And so they, they actually, you know, sell their programming and stuff. And, and part of their program is the barbell wad and it's a three day week program and there's, it has a weightlifting slant to it. So I just followed that. And I just trained those three hours a week, uh, leading up to it. I did eight, eight weeks. And then I did a local meet because I had to get a qualifying total. Mm -hmm. And then I did another 12 weeks and then went down to the Masters World Cup. And uh, about two weeks before the meet, it was announced that there was going to be a um, a film festival, right? Like Noble was going to do like this Noble Film Festival. And I thought, man, it'd be good if Caffeine and Kilos had an entry into that. Uh, but what are we going to sure. do? And it was a pretty short timeline. But man, what are we going to do for this, you know, little short film? And then um, someone mentions, well, that, that weightlifting meet wants to just kind of document how that goes or what it's like. And so I called up a, a friend that does videography work and said, Hey man, you want to go to San Diego next weekend? This is fascinating. So the pitch for the documentary then is Danny Lair is training only three hours a week and can mm -hmm. he be competitive? Can he hang with the big dogs on the stage, on the platform? with only three hours a week because he's balancing his family, he's balancing his businesses, he's balancing being right. a human being with interests right. and hobbies. And so tell, so tell us how the how the event went for those of us who haven't seen the documentary. Well, I want to ruin it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it, it went well. I, I had a lot of fun. I went down there. And also it was like there's the weight classes had changed. And so I had to like go down a weight class. There's some little bit of cutting weight involved and, and that type of thing yeah. too. Uh, anyway, so I ended up winning it. And that was a lot of fun, but I, I thought, wow. um, yeah, so that was great. And so I did feel a little better about that. Okay. Maybe I never medaled actually placed top three nationals, but I won this master's world cup. So that kind of checks that box at least and kind of feel like now I can move on and not, not sure. feel like I still have some uh, unfinished business, <laughs> and weightlifting, you know? Um, so I had a great time. And during the meet, I was like, oh yeah, like, this is great. I'm gonna do more of this, you know? Um, and then the meet was over and, and like the meet, well, weightlifting meet was ended and I got off the platform. There's a medal ceremony. As soon as the medal ceremony was over, I changed my clothes and got in a car and went straight to the airport and flew home that night. Right. Like, it was kind of like, <laughs> because like you're that. still a dad. You're still, you're still a family man. You still have responsibilities yeah. back home. Yeah. I got kids that take school the next morning. And so I uh, did all that. 
And I, I did realize though on the way home, I was like, you know, I think that's this probably about it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of retire the, on the top. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. And it, it's this thing where it was the during the training, um, you know, so whatever, 20 weeks basically is what I dedicated to this and only three sessions a week. But so out of those 60 whatever training sessions, I think maybe four of them I enjoyed. Mm, really? You know? Um, it was just, Why was I just that? wasn't. Uh, I think that the reason um, I'm at this point in my life now, I like to exercise. I still work out. I still just do the CrossFit class in my gym yeah. um, a couple of days a week. And I like doing that. But if something comes up and I miss it, I miss the class, that's okay. Like, I understand that one class isn't like make or break in my current fitness goals, which is like feeling good. Right. right. Um, but if I'm training for something like missing a training session is not an option. And so, you know, there was a time in my life where I would if, if I, that meant I was doing front squats at 5 a.m. in my garage or after the kids are in bed at 8, 830. I'm out there doing my my entire my whole weightlifting workout. Um, then that was just what it took. Like that was fine. Yeah. But I'm just not at a point in my life now where that's what matters where that's what's important where that's what I'm, I'm not willing to do that at this time it and sounds so, like you've kind of come to that that point of like psychological emotional graduation where you're like okay i'm not competing for the sake of sport anymore i'm competing to be an athlete in life an athlete yeah. as you know be amazing as a dad amazing sure. as a business owner i need crazy yeah. energy crazy focus crazy stamina fuel to go out and kick butt on a lot of playing fields and maybe it's not the weightlifting platform now but you're training to be awesome at life right yeah that's that's exactly it and it's and it's just you know yeah if i if i can't get, get into the gym today or if it's going to inconvenience me in certain ways that i'm not willing to sacrifice like that's okay you know <laughs> and so but if i'm training for something i, I can't half-ass it right i can't just right. like skip training sets to do that it's like the program is the program and you don't, you don't miss, you know? Right. And, right. and, and I love as much as I love competing and I love, um, I, tr I do like the idea of training for something and, and doing stuff like that. It's like, ah, so this just isn't, this just isn't what, um, at this point in my life, it's not adding to my life. It would actually be detracting from the things that I think are important. So, what, are, what, are the, how, what are the ages of your kids? Like, where are they at? Uh, I have a nine-year-old and a four-year-old. Okay, so we're we're pretty close in that age range with you, both of both G and I. Um, yeah. So we got we kind of got a little bit there about you, your background as an athlete. But let's switch it over. Talk to us a little bit about your background as an entrepreneur. Sure. Um, so my I grew up um, kind of around entrepreneurs, right? It's like my grandfather um, started his own business, ran his own business. He owned um, you know built up. Uh, properties around town uh, for commercial buildings and some residential and stuff. And, and so as a kid, he would sometimes like hire me to work for him, you know, like he would just, it's like, Hey, on like a Saturday, he needed just, you know, a day laborer basically. I was like, Hey, 10 year old grandson, um, you want to come work with me? Want to come, uh, come work for me on Saturday? You know, I'll pay you whatever, five bucks an hour. Oh yeah, sure. Sounds great. And so I'd go and we'd be, you know, and what they used to get away with. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and My grandpa was the same can. way. Here, buddy, you yeah. got five bucks. I felt like a king. Oh, I was pumped. Yeah. And so, you know, we'd go and we'd do whatever that is. You know, he'd be, you know, getting a new tenant in a rental property and changing something over, or he'd be, 
you know, he like bought this house that he was going to split the lot and build a second one and sell them both. And he needs someone to take care of the pool. I could like ride my bike across town to take care of this pool for him when I was, you know, 14 years old is like summer job. So, and then my parents ran a business when I was a kid. So I, I've always been around that. And I always understood like, that's, that's one, that's an option. You know, I think a lot of people don't grow up with that knowing that, you know, you don't have to just get a job for someone else that you can, right. you can run your own business. You can do your own thing, you know? Um, so I was kind of knew that I was interested in that. I thought, okay, at some point I'll do something. I'm not sure what or whatever. Um, then I, I got done with high school, was going to college to be a PE teacher, um, got into CrossFit, um, looked up, you know, where the nearest affiliate was. And there's one that had just started and the guy was in his garage, but he's going out of his garage into this brand new building. But the only that had classes like three days a week because the guy was actually a PE teacher also and had a full job. Anyway, so I met up with him. And we started hanging out and stuff. And and anyway, then he pretty much brought me in um, as part owner of that business, like right right off the bat there. Yeah. And so that was like my first real kind of opportunity where someone, you know, there's an opportunity there. And I was like, okay, do I want to do this or not? Right. Do I yeah. want to? Yeah. He had a business partner that wasn't really doing anything. Um, and he needed somebody to like physically help. And so I was like, all right, do I do this? Do I buy out this other guy and, and get into this business? And that was the first time I kind of had this, yeah, this opportunity there. And here's the choice, like put up or shut up. Do you want to, do you want to do this or do you not want to do it? You know? Um, and I did. So that was kind of the beginning of my personal, you know, entrepreneurial journey nice. from there. Nice. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure you and G could share some early day war stories. He was a physical therapist and going back and forth between the CrossFit gym so many hours a week and the yeah. PT practice so many hours a week until what was it? 2013 G that you said, no, nope, I'm diving in two feet into CrossFit. That was the one 2013. I was yeah. working 94 hours a week and my son was born and I had to make a decision. Hey, if I'm going to have a relationship with my son, something has to give because yeah. I can't be working for 94 hours a week and then also be a involved committed father right. as well. So yeah, when I went all in on the business, I had a similar, similar thing as when Catherine Kilo started, it was, it was just meant to be a, a one-time event. Like that was the original plan. Yeah. And then it became pretty clear that was not going to be the plan. And so it was, I was, I was still teaching PE, but I was getting working from five in the morning until like seven in the morning, then I'd go to school all day. And then, you know, same thing after I put the kids to bed, then it would work again from, you know, seven 30 at night until nine 30 at night. Uh, and you do that every day and it's just, it's not sustainable. Right? right. Like sometimes it's necessary for short periods of time and you kind of do what you got to do, but then you're looking at it. You're like, all right, this is, if I don't change something, this is just the way it is. And it's yeah. just how I want it to be. Like, it's like, of course not. It's not good for your, if I want to stay married, it's probably isn't like a good, like long-term <laughs> plan. Um, yes. And so then I, I went to a, a, a part-time teaching job for one year. Um, that was really as much as anything to kind of uh, make my wife be a little more comfortable with it. Cause she, she believes in me and always supports me, but um, she's a little more conservative about decisions like this, you know? So I took that half-time, half-time teaching job for a year and then was got out of teaching entirely. So, so talk about, talk a little bit more about caffeine and kilos and the origin story there. You just alluded to the fact that it was a one-time event. Uh, well, what was that and how has it evolved since that beginning? So the start was, um, you know, a guy called me, didn't even, didn't even know him that well. He was just another affiliate owner that I, we competed in a few weightlifting meets together, but didn't really know him that well. And he called me and said, Hey, 
uh, I want to host a weightlifting meet and get the best, basically the idea was get the best weightlifters in the country out here for it. And um, like, how do we do that? And I thought, okay, well, um, I know a lot of the best weightlifters in the country because I was competing at national championships and lifting for cow strength and kind of had some connections there. Well, no one was giving cash prizes. So if we get a cash prize and no one was really had a big crowd at this time either. It's like you go to nationals and be like other people competing and like maybe someone's mom, you know, uh, but like maybe not. And so it's like, okay, well, if we give them a crowd to lift in front of and a grand prize, I think that we could get and like a big prize. I think we get people out to come out and do this meet. Sure. And it's okay. Sounds good. And then around that same time, he just posted a picture of a t-shirt um, just on like Facebook, whatever. He's like, Hey, I'm gonna make one of these for myself. Um, <laughs> you know, just like my life and had a picture of a coffee mug and then a guy lifting weights. And I was like, anybody else want one? I'm like, let me know. Cause I'm going to get one made. And there was this overwhelming, uh, you know, response to that. People like, Oh, I want one. There's like tons of people, tons of people, like all pumped up about this. But, oh, that seems to resonate with people. That's interesting, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so then we we're talking about it and they're kind of two separate ideas. Um, and then we just kind of realized like over the course of, you know, a couple of weeks, it's like, no, actually it's the same idea. Like this, you know, you know, lifestyle of, you know, drinking coffee and, and lifting weights and extra, you know, just active, active, healthy lifestyle basically is the same thing that this meat is all about. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, all right, well, there we go. It's the caffeine and kilos invitational and we'll make some apparel for it. And we'll send it out to some of the people that are going to be competing or some of our friends. Um, and just kind of see where it goes. And as we sent out, and then we'll also make our coffee, you know, and we made the same time. It wasn't like what came first. We actually started making them both. And then, um, and then we yeah, started sending them out. People liked it. We had a bunch of different people, um, you know, excited and wanted to buy it. So, okay. I guess we should put them online uh, first. So we, we get the, the e-commerce store set up and start selling the stuff online before the meet even happened. Um, and then the, the, Captain Gill's Invitational the first year in 2013 um, went went great. You know, had a bunch of really good lifters came out. Um, the the CrossFit style competition, we did a team team event. Um, that was a big hit. A lot of people stuck around, watched the weightlifting meet. We had an after party. Um, it was like it was great, like really really good event, and it really kind of like launched the brand. So we used we paid out all the winnings and everything. And then use any of the um, like proceeds from it, basically all extra proceeds to just buy more inventory. And it sure. basically turned out to be like a launch party uh, for the brand. <laughs> yeah. And then so I went back to forward. and then I went back to school and I'm talking to their PE teachers about it. You know, they're like, oh, so you just like you you started to have a, a summer hobby and it turned into a summer job. It's like that's exactly what happened. <laughs> but my grandpa's not paying me only five bucks. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that I mean, yeah. I got my grandpa would have paid me a lot more than what I what I got out of it to start. Sure. Right. Like, I don't think we took a paycheck from the company for the first year, maybe. Yeah, of course. Ditto. It was like that for us, too, in the early days. I think like the first three years that we were open, the only people that got paid were the staff that we'd hired yeah. to, to work with us. Humble beginnings. So let's, let's fast forward to now, then caffeine and kilos today. Like, what's different now compared to when you started? And you know, tell us how it's evolved since the beginning and maybe tell us a little bit of how it's evolved since the pandemic has kicked in. Sure. Well, I mean, the the basic thing is we have more, you know, uh, we have a pretty small team still, but we have, you know, some some people that we work with and that really helps out with everything. It makes the quality of everything we do better because you have people that can specialize in 
the different aspects of, you know, systemize things and, and then you put good people in place and, and empower them to make decisions. Um, that's been great. You know, um, like I'm not the one who was um, sending out every single email. That's nice, you know. Uh, and then the thing that really changed too, and, and especially during pandemic, is our number one product now is our coffee of the month. And it's like, it's great because it's super fun, right? Like every month we, we so we go in um, every three to four months. So we try, you know, our, our roaster puts together eight to 10 blends and we try them all. We pick our favorite ones and then we decide what goes what in what month, kind of depending on how the like, tasting notes um apply for that time yeah. of year yeah seasonal type stuff and then we but we don't name them yet and then what we do is like the you know the in the previous month before it's going to get uh released we taste it and then we name it and we try to name it something that um literally like brings out what it what it's all about so that way when people at home you get your coffee of the month it's a different one every month and it almost like teaches people how to taste coffee or like what flavor notes to try and find in it. Yeah. Right. So for example, um, we have one that's like, oh, definitely tastes like cherry and, you know, like maybe some cinnamon in it. So it's like, oh, that's like a cherry pie. And then if you taste it and you think about cherry pie, you're like, yeah, no shit. It's like, it's like <laughs> cherry pie. Like I get it, you know, um, or, or next month is actually uh, like Rocky Road because like it definitely has some like nutty like oh yeah it tastes kind of like nutty almond peanutty kind of and then it's also like for like a dark chocolate and it's like anyway so you're looking at it like man it's like rock road ice cream that's and fun. so it's it sounds like what so you're cultivating kind of do... is a you're cultivating a higher level of appreciation for sophistication in coffee yeah i mean it's, it's funny that but that's it now we kind of fell into that like we we're just doing these coffee of the months and we're naming them fun things and yeah. then we were like, oh, man, actually, like, we can really use this as a way to, like, teach people kind of what to look for, you know, or different tasting, tasting notes to kind of look for in their coffees, you know. I'm looking at the, uh, I'm looking at the site right now. I, I think I'm going to have to order the Night Train blend and just listen to it, listen to Jason Aldean while I drink my coffee. Oh, the Night Train cometh, you know. <laughs> I want to know what your favorite, your favorite name is so far, Danny. Which of these, uh. Oh, Which man. of the, the the brainstorming sessions has produced the the gem? What's what's oh, your I, favorite coffee so far uh, that you've you birthed? I'll give you some fun ones because I don't know I, if I had them all in front of me, I could probably pick which one. Uh, we've been doing this for whatever you know, a couple years now. Um, but one I know like fruity kilos, which is like fruity pebbles. Yeah, like that one's kind of fun. Um, that one was that was a really good coffee, and also just like the label uh, was really good. It used um, you could kind of make the connection there, even though it's like yeah. three kilos, you kind of knew what the club we were going for. Um, yeah, that one was a lot of fun. You know what else is I actually really liked? It was uh, like the Christmas blend. Mm. It was called like Grandma's Fudge or whatever. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, everyone has like that. Actually, mine wasn't a grandma, it was an aunt, Aunt Joyce. Like every Christmas, she would bring this homemade candy, you know, and it was like fudge or like homemade, like Rocky Road candy, chocolate candy stuff. Anyway, and that was weird. We were tasting this coffee. We we're like, man, this reminds me of like my aunt Joyce's fudge that she brings. To sure, the thing, so the grandma's fun. fudge. That was a that was a fun one too. Very cool. So, um, so part of, and again, you kind of alluded to this here, but what would you say is specifically the mission? Like, what are you really trying to do and accomplish? Your mission, your core purpose. Because I'm looking here at your coffees, and you know it's sure. it's responsibly sourced. It's so there's obviously some eco 
friendly mission stuff, but do you have a larger mission for what you want to see happen with? Yeah, man, our, our goal is to promote an active, healthy lifestyle. Okay. Like that, that's it, you know, and with the coffee and how everything we do kind of uh, applies that is we take the coffee, for example, is if you're drinking coffee every morning, if you just drink whatever Folgers off the shelf, um, what does that really like say about you? Like really probably nothing, right? Yep. I don't know, other than you kind of like shitty coffee, right? Um, but if you if you drink something that has some sort of meaning to you, right? Whether that's, you know, whatever you're into, you know? But if you work out and you, and you like working out and you're going to the gym, well, if you, in the morning, you drink your caffeine and kilos coffee, like, you know, even if it's on a subconscious level, like as you're making your coffee, you're seeing the label, you know, it's a brand that's in fitness in the industry. Like you are like casting a vote. Like I am a person that works out. I care about myself. I, I you know, and so yeah. I'm a hundred percent convinced that if you drink our coffee, um, you're more likely to go to the gym that day and to like live that healthy, active lifestyle than if you don't, because every time you do, you're like casting a vote, this type of person I am. Same thing, like wearing the apparel. If you're choosing to wear our, I mean, it looks really good. Yeah. Dean does an amazing job of the designs, but it's like, if you're wearing our stuff, like you're kind of making a statement, you know, like I'm in, like, this is what I like, this is what I'm into, you know? And so I think that definitely helps people to, um, you know, just be a part of that and, and remind them like that, that's this is what it's all about, right? It's about this healthy, active lifestyle, working out, getting fired up, you know, having a good time. So you guys I just really, I, just, I think part of it too, and I think this in a personal level, because with the gym, it's really important to me is, you know, I just know what it feels like to, to feel good, right. Mm -hmm. To like exercise and be pretty healthy and, and feel good. And uh, it'd be great if everybody knew what that was like. Sure. Right. The, the, the feel like how you feel after a great workout is a very addictive sensation that tends of satisfaction. Sure. You, have, you sweat out the toxins. You just feel fantastic. The endorphin rush that just it carries you. And if you're in a CrossFit setting, the serotonin and oxytocin rush carries you, man. It's it's awesome. So you know, caffeine in kilos continues to, to press on, you know, where many other businesses have not made it out of the pandemic. What's allowed caffeine in kilos to continue to grow and thrive where others maybe haven't made it this far? Well, a big part of it is we we do maybe once a week, we do a, a brainstorming session with everybody involved. And uh, we'd have like kind of like a, almost like an all hands meeting. Everyone comes in and it's like, all right, here's what's going on. This is what, you know, what we're, what we got coming up. And then here's like, what else can we do? Or what do we need? What's working? What's not working? What can we adjust? Yeah. Like, what are some ideas to, you know, either increase, you know, subscribers on the coffee of the month or just like overall revenues or, you know, just different, different things like that. And then we'd come out of the meeting and take action on it. You know, I think that us kind of having a small team and then also just the, the we all know that the collective intelligence of, of a group is so much higher than individual, right? And that's when something has been really good for us. And, and it's funny, sometimes you think you have this idea, you're like, oh yeah, this is it. Like I got this all figured out. I've been thinking about it for, you know, a couple hours. Like I got this thing like all hashed out. And then you go and <laughs> kind of present it to the group, right? You're like, hey guys, check this out. I got an idea for this promotion. Like, yeah, some, yeah. you know, and then as everyone talks about it more, you like slowly realize that you were about 20% of the way there, right? You're like, and when it's done, it's like, oh man, this is so much better than the original yeah. idea, you know? Uh, and so I think that kind of like group collaboration uh, has definitely been something that has really benefited us. And, and the, the, you know, openness that comes along with that, right? Like, you know, people, 
there's no egos involved, right? It doesn't matter whose idea it is. It just matters that it's the best idea, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter who's right or it doesn't matter who's right. It just matters that it's right. Right. And the kind of that, that attitude that we, that we take on this stuff, I think really makes a big difference. So then getting back to Danny, the man and the entrepreneur, do you have a, a favorite failure, like some failure or apparent failure from your past that set you up for later <laughs> success? This is one of our favorite questions to ask our entrepreneurs. Um, so the, the parent failure, I don't know, man, like just follow me around with the camera a little bit more. I'm sure you get plenty of those. Um, but with the one thing I, one thing I was thinking about is one year, um, so going to like the CrossFit Games specifically, a lot of people go there and they they are not profitable there just because it's expensive to get a booth and you got to worry about the travel and then you got to ship pallets of your product out there and back and all this and it really just turns into like a marketing expense well with us that wasn't the case like we would go to the crossfit games and we'd get a really nice booth set up we'd send a whole team out there and we would just we'd always do really well and it would actually end up being something at the end of the day that would be a profitable experience for us and then one year uh we go out there and kind of with expectations oh yeah it's gonna be great whatever and like the position of where they put the where the booth was you don't have a lot of control over that and there's just kind of like just a lot of things kind of happen and also it was like i don't think it was the first year in madison it might have been the second or third year out there and just kind of like a lot of like things were kind of going on a lot of moving parts and just it ended up just like not going well we ended up like losing quite a bit of money out there and i remember we uh i was thinking as one as i was thinking about it and like what you know where we could have done better or different stuff and a big takeaway it was like well you know because we didn't really do anything to improve what we'd done in previous years it was just kind of like oh yeah we've done this you know so many times and it just it just happens works out great no matter what and like we didn't try to do anything different or anything, you know, whatever, innovative. We're just, we didn't change anything, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, you hit, the, you hit the rinse, wash, repeat button one too many times. Yeah. Well, I think we probably skipped the rinse, right? Like we was like, even that much. It was like, right. we didn't even do right. rinse, you know, wash, re wash, rinse, repeat. It was like, ah, we'll just fucking repeat it, you know? And, yeah. uh, and then, yeah, we didn't, funny thing, uh, didn't get the same results, you know? And so, yeah, so we were kind of doing a post-mortem on that. Uh, we kind of worked out, well, you know, maybe we should these types of things like this that are kind of a bigger deal when you take a little more seriously. And also, like, don't take anything for granted and kind of look ahead, look ahead every single time and have a, a plan and have a, you know, contingency plan and then different things put in place. What more could we do and what more what do we need to do or what more things yeah. we need to do off site as well as on site? And should we? Um, take such a big team out, or maybe we should hire local a little bit, take a smaller team and do some, have some local people work the booths. Um, you know, what products do we really need to have there? And which ones don't we need to have there? Oh, it's in Madison. Maybe some of these like more brighter floral or pastel colored things that do go really well on the coast. It's like maybe those don't do as well for middle of the country stuff, maybe more like black and uh, OD green um, kind of color patterns would be better for you know, the majority of the people there, right? And just kind of like revisiting, okay, every single thing we did and how how could we do better, right? Yeah. And it was great. And, but with, if, uh, without that, without that, you know, bad year, that off year, we probably wouldn't have, well, I know we wouldn't have kind of redressed those things and end up making it better than it ever had been before. Sure. So let me ask you this, Danny, what, what would you say is the best part of your work? It's the one thing that you love to experience, uh, especially with caffeine and kilos every day. 
uh, honestly, it's the it's the people and the and the collaboration. And yeah. Like I'm just a big people person in general. Um, I actually loved teaching PE um, to high school and they're just younger people. Yeah. <laughs> and so I really like, uh, you know, talking to people and working together on things. You know, I think part of that's the background and, you know, sports and, and like in that kind of collaboration thing and sure, kind of sure. pair that with being outgoing and extroverted. And yeah, I really I just love coming down here, working with other people and and, and solving problems. So flip side of that coin, then what's, let's see if this answer is the same. What's the hardest part? What's the one thing, you know, I'm just kidding. Is it? Oh, yeah, sure. No. Uh, what's the hardest part? Like if you could make one problem go away forever, what would it be? Oh man. Problem going for, well, uh, you know, it's funny. I don't know if I say going away forever, but I, so I really like solving problems, right? Uh, mm -hmm. That's like what, why business is so fun is because you're just like, figuring out solutions and stuff right it says puzzles all the time what's also true is i've heard this uh this expression whatever i want to say quote but this expression is it's like uh you'll find more you'll find more fiction in spreadsheets than you do in books right That's and so uh wow. because like i you know i can i can you want to talk about doing a new thing we're gonna have a new product or a new program or whatever and you, okay we got to model this out is it going to be profitable or is it not or what you know is it even worth doing and that type of stuff and i'm pretty good with um you know putting together some spreadsheets and trying to figure that out you know or at least decent at it, i should say uh but then like sometimes it just doesn't <laughs> doesn't pan out so it's like what's my least favorite thing as is it really comes down to i think uh the the more like you know quote boring or what what I consider boring parts right like the mm -hmm. as far as like just hard fact like the things you need to know though it's like yeah. exact numbers on things and like plugging those numbers in to see you know if where the opportunities lie and that type of stuff sure. um, on one hand I like the idea of solving the problem on the other other hand um, just like tracking numbers I I have very little desire to like you know, be data entry, um, figuring out, you know, or just putting the numbers in type thing. Sure. Well, the best thing about being an entrepreneur is that it's constant problem solving, which can be both the most rewarding and the fact that there's always some new problem you have to solve, some new challenge sure. coming to the pipeline. It's, it's, it was, it is our perpetual plague, Danny. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly it. Right. It's like something goes wrong. And it's like, oh shit. And like dealing with that. And then you find a solution. You're like, woo. <laughs> it's like you, you know, you're feeling good about that. You feel like good because you're like, all right, cool. The next time this problem arises, I have a neat, cute, neatly packaged solution. The trouble is yeah. that the next time a problem comes down, it's a completely new and novel problem. Right. And you have to right. solve things all over again. What got yeah, you there? Good. What got you here won't get you to the next step. Yeah, what got you here won't get you there. That's actually yeah. a um, it's a pretty good business book with that name. Yeah, yeah. So, in the last five years, then as we're talking about successes, failures, best parts, hardest parts, what would you say in the last five years has been the new belief or new behavior or new habit that has most improved your life? Oh man, just that uh, like everything's going to be okay. Like it's going to be okay. Like folks, when it really matters. Um, you know, it's easy when something goes wrong yeah. to uh, turn into chicken little, you know what I mean? Like sky's falling every, like we would uh, around here, we had this one, one of the 
guys I used to work with, like the smallest thing would go wrong and we would like make a joke about it, right? Like something's like, oh man, I forgot something at home. We're like, oh, everything's fucked. Everything, that's it. It's all over. It's all over. And, but to kind of like take it that, uh, make that joke and take things that way. Cause sometimes that's how it feels like, something sure. but take a step back. You're like, now hold on. Is this really, it's like, no, that's not like, not really. Like right. the truth is this, you know, a year from now, this isn't even going to matter. Like, it's fine. Like, it's fine. Right. Like, we'll just like, we'll figure it out. Like, we'll work through it. We'll find whatever the solution is. And, yep. and you know, it's not worth um, having something, you know, kind of ruin your day. And then you go home and you, you take that with you. It's like, not only am I going to be upset now, but I'm going to go home and I'm going to yell at my kids over something that they didn't really do wrong because of this also. You know, it's yeah. like just getting out of that loop and kind of being able to, Hey, it's okay. We'll work through it. And then, you know, when I get home or whatever, it's like not, you know, not that I'm perfect about it far from that, but I'm definitely better about not letting that impact, you know, my relationship with my kids and my wife and, and sure. that type of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's the, that the, the, the new belief or the thing that I've really gotten better at in the, in the past, you know, year, a couple of years. Is, hey, we listen to, we listen go wrong. To it happens, you know? Yeah. Uh, Navy SEALs are some of our, our favorite people to listen to. And they almost across the board all have a fantastic sense of humor because it yep. seems like the the best way to deal with just like really shitty situations is to have a fantastic sense of humor and try and crack a joke because it helps helps keep your mind right when you're going through constant mm -hmm. challenges oh, yeah. and problems and all that. Well, that's the thing, right? Like what they say, like, could it get any better? Like when something goes, like you get put, put in a situation, you go, oh man, it doesn't get any better in this. You know, could it get any better? And yeah. it's uh, in the, if you've read uh, Man's Search for Meaning, right? It's about- Victor Frankel. Who, yeah, Victor Frankel. And he's in, you know, uh, Auschwitz. He's in these, the, the camps. And yeah. one of his rules was him and his friend, when they were marching out, marching out six miles every day to do manual labor, and they don't have shoes on and the snow and all this, is they would have to tell each other a new joke every day, right? Huh. And and so it's like, could you imagine being in the most horrific situation human beings have ever been placed in? And then every day you have to like make up a new joke to tell to your friend, right? <laughs> and the idea was just to, to, you know, keep a light, have some sense of joy yeah. in your life and something to kind of you know, look forward to and to keep it going and all that. Um, and it's, it's, you know, actually that type of stuff, um, not that I've ever experienced anything compared to that. Right. But like leaving, leaving that example there and then moving all the conversation, right. Like <laughs> you know, comparing to that, is actually, um, you know, it's like last weekend, actually, I was, I was out of town. Um, I got invited by some guys that live in Minnesota and um, they're like, Hey, why don't you come up and go ice fishing? I'm like, yeah, sure. And so we'd be like, why not? Uh, and so anyway, when we go to leave, like there's these two by fours that are just iced in to the ground that the ice house sit on top of. And you got to like chip these things out. And yeah, I mean, you could leave them there and like whatever. It would just be floating two by fours, like when the ice um, sure. frosts in a few months. But that's not really the point. Like we brought those things to put this house on. You got to get them out of there. It's like the last, and it's like you're leaving. So the last thing you want to do is like deal with the most physical labor that you're going to do the entire time. <laughs> but it was actually this funny thing in a way. It was like maybe my favorite part of the trip is like having this shovel and this, uh, you know, um, scraper or you know, whatever. And yeah. like chipping away the ice to get out these two by fours that are bare. They're under the ice, you know, and, uh, 
anyway, but just there was like, oh, oh, here we go. There's this job. It has to be done. Someone has to right. do it. Nobody wants to do it. But like right. we're not leaving until it's done. And it doesn't matter that it's um, 11 degrees outside. And it doesn't matter that the like the wind is blowing and it's snowing right you now. You want to be responsible. Like, you want to be like Sasquatch and leave no trace. We got to get them out. That's yeah. it. And and so anyways, that's the uh, same thing. And so we're joking about it. You know, we're like, oh, man, like this is like, you know, anyway, like what luck? This one stuck too, you know, my type thing. <laughs> and, you know, so, but we're having a good time just, you know, joking about it and, and, uh, and just cranking those things out of there, you know. So let's talk mentors and influences for a moment. The ones that have been the most influential on you personally, or maybe in terms of business, what are some of the, your, uh, your top mentors, top influences, and what's the things you learned from them that coached you? to success yeah man like this, there's a there's a long list here um just as far as i really try to you know take as much you know knowledge and things if, if someone reaches out to try and help you do you take it <laughs> you know right and uh, and if someone wants to someone who's kind of helping you with stuff if they for whatever reason they, they they keep talking to you and helping you out like do it take it don't don't be afraid of of you know listening to somebody or, or um, putting someone out, whatever. It's like, if they're reaching out to you, you know, go for it. But, um, when I was competing in weightlifting, actually, I, uh, I was coached by Glenn Penley, who was, uh, the great, you know, at the, yeah, at the, you know, regarded as one of the best weightlifting coaches in the country or around the world at the time by a lot of people. And what I've learned from him and then Dave Spitz, the owner of Cal strength, who's the, the weightlifting team coach now, like those two guys, um, I really learned a lot from them. Um, just from about coaching in general and then all kinds of stuff. And yeah. like one lesson in there in particular is like the worst service you can do to somebody is tell them that something is right when it's not. You know, sometimes someone's like, they're trying so damn hard. Yeah. And you see them and so badly you want to tell them like, good job. But if it's if it's not right, you can't, you can't. You know, you can say better if it's better. Right. You cannot tell someone that something's good if it's not good. This yeah. is a really important lesson for all the leaders and in our in our CrossFit community, so many of our our clients are leaders of business, leaders yep. of industry. They own the, the, the research facility. They own the restaurant. A key yep. takeaway we may capture in one of our lower thirds is if something isn't great, yeah. don't tell people it's great. Yeah. Good yeah. leadership is is giving them what they need to hear. Yeah. Exactly. And sometimes it's hard. And I got stories and about different things that either like from personal, as far as like I was doing something wrong over and over again, um, or other people, like there's one girl, it always stands out because it was her birthday yeah. <laughs> that day and she was doing something wrong. And I remember she's like crying and Glenn just wasn't having it. Like he didn't give a shit. I'm like, no, <laughs> like he wasn't being mean, but he right. just was not going to let her like move on until she fixed this thing. Yeah. And, uh, at one point, I do remember she, he like went up and like helped her where her foot should go and then said, okay, go ahead. And she did it wrong again. And he actually said, that is the opposite of what we're trying to accomplish. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm thinking, I'm like, holy shit, man, like that's really harsh. Um, and so, you know, you don't have to be mean about it. Uh, but the point of like, he was yeah. not going to accept of the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter that it was you know, whatever her birthday or that she was crying or whatever. Right. Like that doesn't mean that doesn't make your foot placement correct, you know? Um, so there's definitely also, you know, nicer ways to do that type of thing too. But 
but that well, lesson is 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 uh, like really important, you know. And we are we know leaders are readers, Danny. So, what books have been most influential on you, and some of the lessons you took from them? Number one is uh, I think a lot of people ask me too. I get asked about books a lot. I'm like, what's the, I'm looking for a good, like self-improvement book or, or whatever. And so the book Mindset by Carol Dweck is uh, like number one on the reading list. In fact, I haven't told people like, the truth is if you don't, uh, if you haven't read it, if you don't fully understand, uh, even if you don't completely agree with, if you don't like understand at least the, the um, lessons in that book, yeah. you, you won't, you won't get nearly as much out of everything you read after that. Like that's like, here, this is the base. And so if you don't, if you don't know the information in the book mindset, then I wouldn't say everything else is a waste of time, but yep. everything else you're getting 50% of out of it, what you could get if you did believe in mindset. Because the, so the operating system right here is the filter for everything. If the operating right. system is wrong, then it doesn't yeah. matter what program you put in it. It's not going to yeah, work. Yeah, you can, you can read whatever you want and try and enter it into DOS. You right. know, if I uh, go off the operating system thing. Right. But so, yes, that's that's number you one. You just dated yourself there, bro. Yeah. <laughs> the moment you said DOS, we all were there with you, but you did. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, we know <laughs> what we're talking about. Like, but yeah. that's been uh, a minute. I want you to guys just know also we are now two minutes away from it being 2.22 p.m. on 2.22 of 22. So. Wait for the 22 seconds. Also. Counting, counting it down now. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Uh, God. It's like Y2K. Is everything going to crash? Yeah. That's funny. No, maybe everything gets better. Maybe it's the opposite it'll, of Y2K. Well, it'll probably be just That's like my Y2K. mindset. Just like Y2K, like nothing actually happens different. So, um, tell, tell us an uh, unusual habit or an absurd thing that Danny Lair of Caffeine and Kilos loves. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this, and uh, I I definitely have some uh, eccentricities in different ways. Um, but I couldn't think of a one major thing. Uh, what what I what I got that I think is interesting, at least that um, like I just kind of assume other people do or whatever, and they they, they usually don't. Is I'm kind of into uh, like homesteading type of stuff, uh, meaning okay. in little ways. So like I make my own kombucha, right? Um, and I every now and then I'll even like take a batch and make it like a high alcohol hard kombucha, you know. But I make my own kombucha, and like I like to make my own sauerkraut. Um, oh, and then is it time? It's two twenty-two. Just a little, <laughs> little moment of recognition for that. There's now two twenty-two p.m. on February twenty-second of twenty twenty-two. It's a very special moment, probably in some way, although I'm not really sure what the significance is. Yeah, we made, anyway, it, made it. Danny, you were saying. Yeah. So I, I make my own kombucha. I like to make my own sauerkraut. I've actually made my own kimchi if I have the right spices. Um, I've gone through a phase where I like made my own kefir for like a while, but that was okay. more intensive because you have to mess with that every day. Yeah. Uh, just like little little things like that, you know. Um, I don't know, whatever. We have a little garden. Lots of people have a garden, but you know, the in the perfect world, it's like you have a garden, you grow your cabbage, and then you take your cabbage and you make your own sauerkraut out of the cabbage from your garden. And, you know, stuff like that. Not that these are like these huge far-reaching things, but uh, that's something that I, for whatever reason, I think is a lot of fun and I'm really sure. Kind of, these are probably far more valuable eccentricities than a lot, a lot of things that could be on this list. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure. I'm, I bet, yeah, I bet if you went and asked a lot of people that know me, I'm sure they could give you some more on the list. <laughs> well, that's the healthy lifestyle stuff, though, right? Like, if, you're, right. if all your eccentricities contribute to a healthier lifestyle, you're on a good track here, my dude. Well, I'm sure they all don't. Uh, but, but, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, that's. 
I don't know. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I got. That's what I came awesome. up with. I'm sure there's more. So let me ask you this. Um, we, we've talked a lot about, uh, you know, caffeine and kilos here. What would you say, and, and the people, I mean, there's so many things you mentioned here that are so good, but what would you say you're most proud of in business? Um, well, two things. Uh, number one is just that we actually help people. Like, I really like doing things in the fitness industry for that yeah. reason. Yeah. Um, and so, in, in fact, we were like, I do have like whatever, um, a, a little rental or two that's kind of like as a retirement thing as much as anything. But uh, I don't, I think I might sell them because I don't really care. Like, I just don't, uh, I don't know mm. how they're like really helping people to feel better and to live that healthy, active lifestyle. Sure. Everything else I do, like any business things that I've been, that I get involved with, like that's really at the core of it, you know? Yeah. Um, so as opportunities come along, that's kind of part of the filter I, I go through on that, you know, is this okay? Is this really helping people? Is this helping people like feel good and, and do all that? And, and so that's the thing about caffeine and kilo specifically and about the gym specifically is like both those things, like they definitely do that, like without yeah. question, you know? And so that's something that I, I, I feel really, you know, feel really good about. And what I about- said two things. What the other ones integrity stuff right so i was just talking okay. this morning with my my business partner here and we were saying like you know the number one thing you got to remember is like you just got to you should be uh like unquestionable right like if i if before this show um i couldn't make it and if i like call you or, or whatever send an email and said hey man i can't make it in because i got food poisoning or whatever like mm-hmm. There shouldn't be any, you should, I, I don't, I don't want to ever be questioned on that. Mm. Right. And so your, if your reputation is, you know, if your, um, whatever, if your reputation is like, you're where you say you're going to be. If you tell someone you're going to be there, you're there. You're, if you say you're going to be on the phone, you're on the phone. If you, whatever, all these things are in place. And then somebody at one point like accuses you of stealing or some shit, yeah. it would just be ridiculous. Like everybody right. would just laugh about it. No right. one would, t- you know, and that's, that's how I really try to live my life is just with that type of thing where it's like, I want to be, um, you know, unquestionable. Right. I um, love that. Anybody that knows me, if somebody says something bad about me, if they actually have any experience actually like knowing me, they'll probably just laugh about it. And like, honestly, I don't even want to know, like, you don't have to yeah. tell me what someone said. I'd rather you not. Cause like, it doesn't benefit me in any way. Um, really, unless it's true then I want to know so I can get better, like the right. feedback thing. But if it's just, someone's just talking shit to you and you know, they're just talking shit. Like, right. I don't really need to know that. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? If it's, not helping, um, if it's not helping us become better people, we, then it's gossip. Yeah. We don't need to yeah. chat about it. Yeah. If there's any truth to it and I can improve, I, I definitely want to know. Right. But if you know, it's trash then like don't even tell me like i love that like the idea of having such a rock solid character and such a track record of integrity that if anybody says something about you that everybody who knows would be like that's ridiculous there's no way i know danny and there is no way right like like I i have such a frame of reference with this guy i'm telling you right now that he would not do something untoward right right that's it that's exactly it. I feel like you know, I'm like A minus there. I feel like there's like four people who would have crap on me that they'd be like, yeah, <laughs> that might be Dallas. <laughs> well, yeah. And the other thing, it gets the point too, where it's like, if someone's saying something, um, like anyone who whatever reads it or sees it or whatever, it's like, well, 
if you know me, then I don't really care what you heard someone say because it shouldn't matter. And if you don't know me, um, then I don't really know if I care about that either. Right. Because right. you don't even know, like you don't know any difference. And so like, if you choose to believe that person or not, it's got nothing to do with me. Why would that bother me that you, if you don't even know who, I, if you don't even know me, why would it bother me that yeah. you think these things? You know? there's, there's that old turn of phrase. Um, those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 What are you most proud of in life, Danny? Um, man, it's kind of that. I think it's like, I think we went over this just, uh, like the, the most of the things I do, I think are, are generally help people, right? Mm. There's a million ways to make money. There's a million ways to do these different things, but I, I really try to focus on doing things that, um, help people treat people the right way. Um, I'm proud that I am always trying to improve, you know, um, I don't like to settle for things. I like to, I'm constantly trying to figure out where I'm, where I'm messing up if that's a personal life or business or whatever. And then just like do the things to fix it. Right. Mm. Um, it's like when we have new, new employees and stuff, it's like we, Hey, here's the job and here's kind of stuff. And it's like, now go and make decisions and make mistakes. Just don't make the same mistake twice. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, like please go make mistakes. Cause otherwise you're not trying new things. Yeah. And so that's something I'm proud of. Is I, I try to, I try to, I'm always trying to improve. I'm always trying new things to get better. And also I, I really try to, um, I try to take, uh, I try to take advantage of the opportunities. Like, like it's easy to have these opportunities and to make every excuse why you can't do them or why they won't work. Mm -hmm. um, I really try to do the opposite. And every time I feel I hear myself saying, or it's like, ah, that like, oh, I can't do that. Or that wouldn't work. It's like, well, actually stop, like reframe it. Like now give me a list of reasons why it can work or why you need yeah. to do it, you know? And I mentioned earlier that, you know, over the weekend, I was like ice fishing in Minnesota. Like, it's a kind of like example. I didn't even know these guys that well. Like, they just, uh, I'm in this group of business owners. We meet up every three months and help each other with our businesses and stuff. Um, so I've in total spent like one to two days around these guys like three times. Sure. And they're all from all different parts of the country. They're talking about going ice fishing. It sounds like, I mean, shit, I know. I've never done anything like that, you know? Right. Um, and so yeah, there's a lot of reasons why like, um, I can't go or I shouldn't go because of this. On the other hand, like I may never get this opportunity again. You know what I mean? Like if someone who does this as a hobby and they invite you up to go and join them and do this thing, like I'm probably never going to get this. I may not ever get this experience again. So yeah. it's like, I feel like I had to go. I got to go. Like, how do you, Did you catch a how fish? You... Oh yeah. A bunch of them. Yeah. yeah that's what's up. Probably the best toasting fish ever, the ones you caught yourself. <laughs> That's it. From underneath an ice sheet. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, it's wild. from way down. That dude's wild. Like pulling, yep. like hand. Anyway, it's it's a, it's it's very unique. It, it was great. It was great. That's, That's the thing. I almost didn't go. I almost didn't go. And then right. like six weeks ago, I'm talking to my wife, and I'm just like, you know what? Like, is there any chance we can make this happen? Because there's any chance we can figure mm. it out with like the kids and your work, and like, if there's any way we can do this, like, I really think I'd like, I'd love to go. Yeah, and she's like, awesome. all right, let's figure it out. You know, some of these opportunities, maybe once in a lifetime opportunities or opportunities of business, when these things come up, um, you know, like taking advantage of that, not not running away scared from things. Well, it's probably not just the fish too. It's probably like the the conversations you have with other entrepreneurs when you're out oh. there. Oh, around a hole in the ice because like there's there's a certain perspective that you get if you're an entrepreneur a way of looking at the world that others just don't 
understand in the same yeah. way. You know what yeah. I mean? And if, if it's you, ice fishing, and some other entrepreneurs, but have like really enriching conversations oh. about stuff you would never get to talk about in a passing conversation when you meet somebody at the store. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I came home with a list of ideas for like both businesses um, and also just like family stuff too. You know what I mean? Cause it's yeah. um, pretty close to the same age group, but there's a, you know, one or two guys there that are about 10 years older than everybody else. And, and one of the guys that like sold his business was retired now. And, and most of the guys are like, but most of the guys are in it <laughs> or some reason right. newer, you know, and right. that was exactly it. So I really just ended up going up there and talking about everything, the life of a being a business owner, you know? That's so what most excites you about the future, Danny, what are you most looking forward to? Um, I'm ex simultaneously excited and absolutely frightened about my kids getting older. Um, yeah. like I'm, I'm every day I think about like how curious I am, like, what are they going to be like when they're adults, you know, or what are they going to be like when they're older? Um, so that's really exciting. Uh, at the same time, you know, you see picture you get on, you know, your photo app, it shows you a picture from four years ago. And I'm just like, oh man, like, yeah, really like, you know, time goes by so fast. Right. Um, but I think that's about the future. So I'm, I'm excited about, you know, my, my kids. And then I'm just also excited about just kind of seeing, um, like how far this can go. Caffeine kilos and the gym, both It's just like, how many people can we help? How many, how, how many, how much bigger can we, can we make this? Can we do this? Can we, yeah. can we optimize this thing? And how many, yeah. How many people can we help? I think that's actually, that's really exciting to me. That's awesome. Well, I, I've, we've really only got uh, one more question for you, but I know it's G's favorite question to ask people. So I'm going to do You go ahead, man. Dallas. You go ahead. Oh, man. All right. Oh, well, man, so, so this is obviously, this is posed from uh, Tim Ferriss, Four Hour Work Week, Danny. But mm -hmm. if you could make one statement to the world, you know, what would it be? Or um, to put it another way, if you had to choose one thing to say, maybe on a billboard that would be seen by thousands of people or millions of people, what would that message, what would that billboard say? Keep going. Uh, you can do it. I love it. Especially for entrepreneurs, that message of perseverance is so important. Well, so it's everything, man. Like people, people underestimate what they're capable of yeah. um, all the time. Um, and I think that people can, people can, people are capable of so much more um, yeah. than they, than they, than they believe they are. Yeah. You they know? just keep showing up and don't quit keep showing up don't quit like you can do it like instead of coming up with all the reasons why you can't do something make a list of the reasons why you can why you need to you know why, why you have to you know yeah and i think so many people uh never realize their potential um i mean we see it in the, the gym setting all the time you know oh i gotta lose this weight before i join before i started in crossfit it's like no like last year we had three people lose 100 pounds in a calendar wow. year you know like this like this is actually what we're good at like you know right, like, right. like it doesn't like you can do it right like don't like count yourself out before you even start you know and if someone else can do it why can't you right That's and awesome. and i think that a lot of people underestimate what they're actually capable of and it's uh you know it's kind of sad right so yeah um yeah whatever that thing is man you're trying to do it like you can do it you know um yeah. and if and if and here's the other thing don't you really want to know like maybe, okay, shit, maybe you can't, but like, you'll never know unless you like really take, take a real go at it. Right. You know? Um, so. So Danny, where can people find out more about you or about, uh, caffeine and kilos? 
yeah, I mean, caffeineandkilos.com. Um, that's a great place. Check it out. Go check out that coffee of the month. Um, also, like the apparel's great. Looks good. You can work out in it. You can wear it to your niece's birthday party. Um, <laughs> so that's so that's cool. Uh, and then me personally is just Danny underscore Lear. And that's L-E-H-R. Um, that's Instagram. Um, that's most of the, if, if the social media I use. But you can send me a DM through there or whatever. If you have any questions, I'd love to talk to you. Um, yeah, go, go check out caffeineandkilos.com. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, Dallas, go do our sign off here. Danny, I, I really appreciate the time, man. Love what you're doing. Love, uh, love the lifestyle you've chosen and that you're honing your skills constantly. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today and uh, to be with our community. Really appreciate it, brother. Yeah, man. I had a great time. So uh, anybody else you want to check us out at CrossFitEdwardsville.com Book a no sweat conversation You can do that as well But be sure and check out CaffeineAndKilos.com And also be sure and connect with Danny on social media Again, Danny, thank you so much And as we always like to say, everybody Have a championship day <laughs>